We're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Great Minds Drink Alike, where you know I bring the coolest people, the best marketers on the planet, entrepreneurs. And uh, we have a conversation at the end of the week and about what, what makes them successful, about what they're, uh, what they're famous for, and of course, to have a drink. John Maxwell is a number one New York Times bestselling author, coach, and speaker who has sold more than 24 million books in 50 languages. Often called the country's number one leadership authority, Maxwell was identified as the most popular leadership expert in the world by Inc. Magazine in 2014. He is the founder of the John Maxwell Company, the John Maxwell Team, and Equip, a nonprofit organization that has trained more than 5 million leaders in 180 countries. Each year, Maxwell speaks to Fortune 500 companies, presidents of nations, and many of the world's top business leaders. Three of Maxwell's books, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, Developing the Leader Within You, and the 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader have each sold over 1 million copies. John, you mentioned the law of process, and you have the five levels of leadership, which I really love because yeah. I, it helped. What it did for me is it helped me kind of assess where I am and where do I need to go, and it also helped me understand that with some people, I'm at this level, oh, and with this group over here, I'm at a different level. So can you talk about that a little bit? I'd be glad to. It comes, I wrote a book called The Five Levels of Leadership, and it's, it's, it's kind of like a model that a lot of companies use to develop themselves and develop their people. And uh, it's, it really does fit the law of process, Robin, because there are, uh, leadership is a verb, not a noun. People that think it's a noun think that leadership is a title or a position or an office or whatever, but it's a verb, it's ongoing, it's, act, it's, it's action. So the five levels of leadership, the, the lowest level of all is the position level. And, and basically what I teach is it's a great place to start, it's not a great place to stay. Because every time you climb another level of leadership, you gain influence. Funny, quick story, I was in Abu Dhabi a couple years ago and I was speaking to about, I don't know, about 2,000 uh, people there. And I was, they asked me specifically to do the five levels of leadership, which I said, fine, no problem. And so I was, I, I, I was, I'd spoken earlier that day, and so I came to this place in just about an hour for I speak. And I looked out, and I'm going to speak on the five, five levels of leadership, which is the lowest level of position. And on the front row are 12 thrones. Thrones? Thrones. Like, like as in a king mm -hmm. or Here comes queen. the king, here comes the royal family, okay. and they have thrones, and, and they're on the front row. And I thought, and I'm going to teach the five levels of leadership, which the lowest level is position. Okay, so right away, uh, yeah. right? Who's, mm -hmm. who's going to sit in those seats? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought, you know, I may never go back home. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, they may stick a cigarette in my mouth and, you know, blindfold. I, you know, you, this may be, this, this could be it. I'm talking about the five levels and the, these kings and all the royal family get the thrones. But the lowest level is the position level. And, um, so they're following you because you're, you're the owner. Yeah, you're the, that I'm you're, the boss. That's the it, it goes to this, yeah. Robin. Okay, you're I'm my the, manager. I'm the boss. Do yeah. what I say. You know, okay. I mean, who's the boss around here? Who's the supervisor? Well, well, that's got a very short leash. So we start there, but we don't stay there. By the way, 80% of the people in leadership stay there. Mm -hmm. they, they literally never leave that, that, that position level. The second level is the permission level. And, and this is where you begin to develop good relationships with people. And I call it the permission level because at that level, Robin, the people in the organization want you to lead them. 
because you now connect them. And the difference between level one and level two is at, 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 level, number, at, at level number two, you get a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. At level one, you get no energy. So the energy is infused in organization when you become what I call a permission leader. You're, you're a level two relationships, okay? People, people follow you because you, you, they know that you care for them. The third level is, is that now we're at the production level. And, and um, what makes the production level important in a leader's life is the fact that the only credibility that you really have to lead is that you're successful yourself. I mean, just think about it. I mean, who wants to follow somebody that's not successful? So you, you have to, some stage in your life, to have credibility as a leader and moral authority, you have to be able to be successful. You have, you have to say, this is what I built. This is what I did. This is my organization. This is, you know, this is what we're producing. So that's level number three. And, and that's, that's where you get your credibility as a leader. But that doesn't make you a leader, but it's where you get the credibility. Level four is the people development level. This is, we always work hard to get people to go to level four. Because once I can get people developing other people, Robin, you know, then life gets real good real quick. All all compounding is is level number four. And then level number five is what we call the pinnacle level. And at that level, people follow you because you've done so well with so many that you, that you start to become bigger than life. Like Dr. Cobain. Yes, and uh, like Nito. Oh, that's a perfect example. Yeah, he's a level five. He's Absolutely. a level five leader without any question about it. And, and so what, what I, but what I teach people is very simple, that not only do you have to climb those levels, but you have to know what levels your people are on with you. Because you're not on the same level with the people in your, or everybody in your organization. With, I mean, like for somebody who comes new in your organization, you're already on, you, you're, you start at level one position level with them. You, they don't have a relationship with you yet. And, and so what you do is you begin to identify what level am I on with that person? And, and this is what works. I do this for Delta, I do this for Microsoft. This, this, this works, this is pure gold. I tell leaders, very simple. Identify what level you're on with, the, with, with what, what level am I on with Robin? And my goal for the next 12 months is to raise her one level. So whatever level she's on, bring her up one. Just think what happens if you do that with everybody on your team. You, now you have a big multiplying compounding effect. So that's the law of process. One of, it, it really fits well there because, again, it's a verb. You're constantly growing. You're constantly going, hopefully, higher. And, um, and it's just, it just it's, it's simple and it works. No, I love that. I love that idea yeah. because, you know, there's people who come to me and they say, I want, why, you know, I, I pay these people. Why don't they do what I tell them to do? You know, and we've all had that frustration, including myself, where you say, okay, well, I'm the boss and I'm paying them and I've given them a job description. Why aren't they doing what I asked them to do? Mm -hmm. These dum-dums, you know what I mean? And really, um, I think that's the personal development side of extreme ownership, which is saying... I am the ref- my people are a reflection of me as a leader totally. and, and, and owning that. So. Totally. And, and by the way, Robin, when you have to tell people you're the leader, you're not. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you know, it's always, it, it's well, always it was, amusing I, I to think me. it was, uh, I think it was Queen Elizabeth that said, if you had to explain to somebody you're, you are a lady, you probably aren't, That's you know, exactly, so, uh, yeah. I, you know, same, same, same way, the same principle. thing with leadership. Yeah. All right. Let's go over here for questions. I want to say something to you. I want to say thank you because you have put me on my path 
1980, I got Think on These Things That You Wrote. Oh, my <laughs> So I'm aging myself here. <laughs> that, that was my first book. I know, and I have probably about 50 to 55 books and workbooks of yours at my house in my office. Oh, you may be my favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom and my grandmother told me I really needed to read that book in order to set my course for my career. Wow. What a gift. That, yes. I mean, from for your they mother and that. your grandmother? Yes. They yeah. gave that yeah. to me for when I got out of college and told me when I got my first full-time job, this is the book you need to read to get you on your path. So I wanted to say thank you because it was very inspirational to yeah. me. And she's very successful. Well, I thank you very, very, th thank you very much. I, the reason I'm just so happy to talk to you for a moment is, is that this was my first book, <laughs> and it wasn't any good. <laughs> It really gave me a lot of insight. I, well, I'm sorry. What's your first name? Bridget. Bridget. Okay, okay. Let me tell you a story, Bridget. I literally had somebody come to me with the book, Think on These Things. I'm sorry? I had somebody come to me with that book, Think on These Things. And they wanted me to sign it, okay? And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll be glad to sign it. And she said, I love this book. And I said, what do you love about it? And she said, the short chapters. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Will said, did you bring it so he could sign it? I said, no. I said, it is so worn that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I keep it actually in a big uh, baggy kind of thing so that I don't lose any of it. No. That's so, well, that, thank you. That, Richard, that's thank you. I, did you have a question or did you just want to no, say? No, that's what I wanted to tell you. Thank oh, you so oh much. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bridget. That's so fun. That Isn't is that so the great funny. thing that, that, you know, you can write something and, uh, and that really can impact people? Because that's what Cobain yeah. was talking about, having impact on people. And it's so rewarding. I started writing, Robin, because I, my mentor uh, named Les Parrott had written six books. I had, no desire to, I had no desire to write a book at all. And we were having a lunch one day, and, and I asked him, I said, why, why do you write books? And he said, I write books to influence people that I'll never know. And the moment he said that, I leaned over and right at the table, I said, I'm going to start writing books. And little did I know that, you know, 88 books later or whatever, and 36 million copies sold and the whole product. Little did I know, little, little, little did I know how that would really be. It's, it's like you, Bridget. I, I, you know, today I get to meet you, but, but the book are, you know, and that's the way with me. Some of my earliest mentors weren't, weren't people live, they were books that, 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 they, that they wrote. You exactly. know that. Exactly. Sure. All right, so let's see over here. So I have a bunch of questions, but um, I saw you in Live to Lead. You were amazing. And oh, good. I What's your name? Michelle. Hi, Michelle. My name's John. Nice Hi. to meet you. And you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my best question is when you're talking about someone who you want them to think, how far can I go? Yes. But they say, but I've gotten there because my list says I did it and I crossed off my list, so I'm done. How do you get them to shift that mindset to know there's more and not yeah. fight you on it? I, I wrote a book, Michelle, called Leadership. And one of the, there are 11 shifts that I think leaders have to make in their leadership life. And, and one of them that I made was going from goal setting to growth. And, and by the way, I think goal setting is fine. My first development in personal growth was Paul Myers um, out of Waco, Texas, 
uh, uh, goal setting uh, kit that I got. So I'm not opposed to goal setting. But in goal setting, um, there are finish lines or there are deadlines. And, and what, I, what, I, what I discovered was that, um, that when sometimes we hit that, that, whatever that finish line is, we say, what's next? And what I learned was that if I would be growth-oriented instead of goal-oriented, I would hit all the goals in my life, but I would, keep with, I, I, I would keep growing. So when I was 27, I determined, Robin, for me, that there were five things that I needed to continually grow in. Because the question is not, are you growing? The question is, are you growing in areas that are going to give you a return? It's back to the law of priorities. And so the five, the five things I've committed my life to growth in for 50 years are, are communication, which I consider that to be the most important skill for a person to be successful in because, well, Warren Buffett says, uh, without question, <clears throat> if you want to raise your net worth, he said, you'll be 50% there if you know how to communicate because we're always communicating vision, et cetera. So I, I said communication, leadership, Empowerment and equipping, the, the ability to equip and train, to, to develop teams so you can compound yourself, attitude development and relationships. And I said, I'm going to take those five areas and that's where I'm going, that's, I'm going to read those areas, study those areas, talk to people, ask questions in those areas. And for 50 years, that those have been the five lanes that I've traveled. And then I started trying to write my books in one of those, uh, one of those five areas. And I just think that I, for your friend or for anyone else, in fact, there's a book I'm going to write, um, but I have a whole bunch of books I'm going to write, uh, but, but there's a book I'm going to write called Is There a Finish Line? And it's a great question, and for some people, there is a finish line. If, I mean, in other words, there are people who say, well, I, when I get a certain age, I'll retire. When I make so much money, I'll, I'll stop. And they have finish lines, and they're what I call, you know, self-imposed finish lines. And, and, and I'm not opposed to that, but I just would want a person to know that if you have a, a, a finish line, when you cross it, you're finished. Now, what, a, what, what part of that appeals to you? I mean, <laughs> honest to God, I know people, I mean, I mean they're, they're, they are living, but honestly, they're officially alive, but they're already dead. And, and, and I don't think that they're... My father, who just died at 98 a couple years ago, my father at 95, when we were having lunch one day, said, John, I think my best days are still ahead of me. That's huge. He, he, he has no, and I have no finish line. So if you have no finish line, what happens is you keep learning, you keep growing, you keep expanding your world. I mean, I'm just having the time of my life, still learning, I'm still curious. And, and, and so I, I, what I tell your friend is, it, if you want to have a finish line, that's your call. But I'm just here to tell you that it will almost always stunt your. It'll keep you from reaching your potential, and and that's you know that's what I I, I, I be growth oriented more than goal oriented. I wonder if it's more like milestones. If you kind of think of it as a, as like a milestone yeah. instead of a, a finish line, you know, in yeah, this, I this did, yeah. journey. Because I, yeah, you right. know, I think a lot of the. Um, you know, they always say, well, what's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of life? Why are we here? And um, for me, I think it's always to become the best version of myself that I can. Mm -hmm. So th that's never ending because I can always be a better version of totally. myself. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. let's go. I, I've known people to hit goals, but I've never heard a person say, I've grown to as great as I could ever be. Exactly. There, there's always room for yeah, To for be the best version of yourself. Yes. yes. Hi, so um, my name's Leah, and um, 
the people in this room, we're all here because we want to grow our businesses. And so your 20th law, the law of explosive growth, yeah. really speaks to why a lot of us are here. And the concept of, um, of being able to develop, like the selection of certain people to, um, to bring them on so you can do the multiplication. And, and um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Maybe give us some uh, guidance and advice about selection, selecting those people, growing them, and, and the force multiplier? You know, it's, Leah, it's a terrific question. Um, it's, it's a question we could spend a lot of time on. Uh, first of all, remember today I just briefly hit on the law of magnetism. We attract who we are, not who we want. And so when I tell people, the greatest way to grow your company is to grow leaders. It's just the greatest way to grow your company. So you have to be a leader because that's only, you can only attract people if you lead well. So I always say to people, invest in yourself first. It's not a selfish thing. It's the only way that you can continue to invest in others. You, you cannot give what you do not have. So, so Leah, you know, develop yourself, grow yourself as a leader. And then when you begin to look at the qualities that you want of the people around you, you, you don't want to set a lot, but you want to set a, a few. And, and for example, when I go look for a leader, the first thing I ask myself is, do they produce? Because honestly, if, if a person can't produce, I, they have no credibility to lead. So, so they have to be, a, now, just because you can produce doesn't mean you can lead either. It may be, there are a lot of people that are just good at, at, at themselves. I mean, they're just kind of a one person show. And so I want to make sure they can produce because if they can produce, at least now they have the credibility that if I can teach them to lead, to look at people and say, literally follow me. So I, I look for the ability to produce or ability to build something. And, I, and, then, and, and then I look for a person that has good character and the, the qualities of a, a person that, you, that has good values, because again, um, if without good values, you begin to manipulate people and, and be, you just misuse them. So I, I look for great values. And then I, I, I look for people that really are uh, influential. When I say influential, they have the ability to, to draw people to them. That when they, when they, when they move, people want to go with them. And they're natural, what I call natural influencers, which again is a real important quality. Now, I only gave you three. There are more, but you get the idea. I wrote a book called The 21 Qualities of a Leader. And Leah, if you'll read that book, that's kind of like the picture book of what a leader looks like and just start there. And, and, and don't take, you may not take, you may say, I like 12 of those. But get those 12, and then when you begin interviewing, always have those 12 qualities in front of you and ask open-ended questions. Don't, don't ask them if, if, if they're trustworthy. What are they going to say? Of course they're trustworthy. You know what I mean? They just, they just got Well, they might say no, and then you know they're honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, so there's. That's, all right. Yeah. That's a whole different way to look gotta, at it. Yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, we're yin and yang and all that one. But, but you follow me. So just yeah. get those qualities. And then open-ended open questions helps you to know if they have those qualities. And you check them off. And that's one of the ways to kind of figure out who should, you should hire. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thank you. Good question. All right, question. we're going to make these the final two. Can you go quick? Because you know they're flashing the light again at us. You know, they're very serious. That, who in the world? Okay. It, Robin. Poor it, Austin. It, it, Austin's uh, back uh, there doing his job. Are you mentoring these people? Because that, that little fly. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay, I'll, two yes, questions. Sir. We'll do quick. Yes, okay. my friend. Good news. I only ask short questions. So the my name is Stuart, and in the next few years, I plan on um, starting a business incubator with the goal of helping entrepreneurs uh, 
um, basically get the systems and the structure to be able to export their goods. And wow. the goal is to try to make it so that these folks can have access to tools, systems, processes, and training that they might otherwise lack. Now, my question to you is, is there a place, is there some sort of thing that I should be starting with, curriculum or something like that, that might be good in a situation where I'm working with, and if you say 21 Law does leadership, I'll just, you know, if you will, I'll sit down, but, but is there something that would be good that would be maybe a place, like a primer to help somebody going from maybe that solo entrepreneur into a situation where they might have, start to build a team? Yeah, yeah, Stuart, it's a great question. I, I, you've already well thought it out, I can tell. So that you're already really on your way. But when I try to help people in any kind of area, I realize that one of the things I'm gonna to have to work with them on is their thinking, how they think. The greatest gap between people that are successful and unsuccessful is how they think. Not IQ, but how they think. And, and in fact, I wrote a book a few years ago called How Successful People Think. And it is their 11 qualities. So, so I, I would work on that. And the other one I would, uh, that I would uh, talk is, it would be the laws of growth. Because what I've also discovered is you cannot build anything beyond your ability to grow. And the, what the value of personal growth, Stuart, is very simple. It increases your growth capacity. And that's huge. And so when you, when you go to the gym, you increase energy capacity. So those are two things. As you, as you get technical and give them all the how-tos and things, their, their perspective, how they think, that's just absolutely huge. And their commitment to personally grow those two things, I would put on it and go for it. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. good job. Okay, Stuart. final you... question. Hi, my name is Chris. Um, it's nice to meet you and see you in person. I've watched many of your videos, and both of you, I want to say thank you for what you do. Uh, you've been a huge inspiration to me. That goes to you as well, Robin. Thank you. Um, my question is two parts. I'm not at this point yet, but I want to lead people. I want to be in a position to where I can change people's lives. And I foresee being in a position where I'm a leader of people that are older than me. Sure. And that doesn't always go over well for people. For those in those situations, what do you recommend? And if you run into problems with them, how do you navigate them? Yeah, when I, when I was a young leader, I had that challenge. I had that challenge for probably a, a, a 10, 12 years because you know, I was just very young. I was 23, 24, had leadership responsibilities to people twice, three times my age. And they, and they would come to me and they would just say, you know, I have a hard time following you. You're, you're, I mean, you're just a kid. I have children your age. And I, and I would look at them and say, I understand. In fact, I have a hard time following me myself sometimes. And then I would look at him, and what I learned a long time ago is the first thing you do in any kind of relationship where you have to lead people, but you don't, you're not qualified by experience, age, or whatever, is to make them your ally. And so what I would tell him, I would say, I have expertise in a few areas just because of my education, but I don't have any experience. So would you help me lead well? And I made them partners of mine, and I will promise you the moment that they could help me, they became an ally and an asset to me. And, and those beautiful people took this kid and just took me right to the top with them. And I always gave him, I always say, if, if you wouldn't have helped me with that, if you, wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have taught that to me, 
I, I, I wouldn't have made it. So thank you very much. And, and that's what you do. You don't try to lead them. Uh, you just ask them to help you lead. And then all of a sudden, while they help you lead, guess what? They're going with you because they have to go with you to help you lead. So that's what I would see. That's a great question. Yeah. Thank Excellent. you. Yeah, have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's true, you know, if a leader comes in, because we've had people who've come in, even our, organiz our organization as a leader, and they don't know the industry. So they might have experience mm -hmm. somewhere else, but mm -hmm. they don't have that. And the ones who failed are ones who came in and didn't do what you're saying. They, they went to the, I'm boss, yep. and therefore... Power up. Yeah, you know, I'm going to change things. Instead of saying, you know, let me kind of figure out what's going on here. And, and also, I'd also say, here's the thing that... I'm just speaking from what I've experienced in my limited you know, running of a company. And, and that, that um, what a leader can do, if you're new, is remove the irritants. Going, I'm going to stay in the neato theme. The if you can remove the irritants mm -hmm. to the people, when you come in, instead of saying, okay, we're going to do it this way and that way, first of all, where are, we, where are we going? Make sure we're all clear on what we're trying to accomplish here. But then be the person who removes the irritants, not tells you, here's what you're going to do different. Like, what's irritating you and preventing you from being the best you can be? And let me go remove those, and you win them over by doing that as well. Yeah, Carly Fiorina, of course, Nito does that very well. Carly Fiorina, who was CEO, is a, is a wonderful friend. That's exactly how she got from, literally, she started off as a secretary and went all the way to the top. And she, she solved problems and removed the irritants, and people just kept pushing her up the ladder. Right. You gain a, yeah. lot, of, you gain a lot of credibility. So always remember that. Be, yeah. If you can be helpful to people, you know, instead of, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the servant. I mean, if we look at Jesus, I mean, he was a servant. And, um, you yeah. know, he wasn't, he didn't come in and say, this is the way, you know, he, he led and he loved people and removed irritants. So, totally. um, and you're a pastor, you know this, right? So, I mean, you yeah. should be saying this, not me. No, no, you're, you I, I think you're doing a very good job. Okay. Fact, All right. Fact, well, why, yeah. why would I add to something that's already said very, very well? All right. Well, but, thank you. So thank you. you have been a joy, a delight. I thank am you. so glad that you are here with us. Thank you, Everybody, Robert. John Maxwell. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.